Hi, Daniel. How's it going? Uh, it's good, Evan. I have my puppy with me here today. So his uh, first time joining the podcast, but I'm hoping he'll be quiet. How about you? It's going well today. A little busy here um, on site. I have a client, but all in all, um, nice day. If listeners uh, want to see the puppy, we'll add a photo at the end of this one so you guys can see it. So. <laughs> yeah, probably won't be picking him up. He's asleep. So don't want to. Don't want to wake him up. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go from there. All right. Well, um, this is episode two um, of the season. Um, we are calling this episode a small company's need for partnership and innovation. Um, we have some exciting guests joining us today from Wilshire. So, um, yeah. I can take it away. Yeah, let's jump into the hot topic segment and introducing our guests. I get to introduce our first guest, uh, former Epic employee and certified in PMP. For those who don't know that, that's project management professional uh, with over 10 years of experience in leading enterprise installs and managing implementation teams and is also our director of partnership success. So very relevant to today's conversation, but uh, thanks Freeman for joining us today. Thanks for having me on. I'm a fan and excited to talk about partnerships today. Awesome. Well, I get the pleasure of introducing our second guest, also a former Epic employee, uh, 10 plus years of patient access implementation optimization, um, has partnered with large health systems, academic institutions. Um, he is our director of innovation here at Wilshire. Welcome, Matt. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. I think the the Epic folks or the ex-Epic folks outnumber the non-ex-Epic folks today, which might be a first on the podcast. So we got that going. You know, you got to be careful. Freeman and I have a pretty similar story professionally, so we're coming at you in force today. <laughs> um, okay, but just, I'll, I'll sit this one out. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so for today's hot topic, Evan and I thought it would be good to start out by talking about uh, just how the Wilshire team, Wilshire leadership team, is structured. Uh, your roles at a very high level, uh, Matt. You want to start out with what you're doing here. Yeah, as you mentioned, I'm the, the director of innovation at the Wilshire Group. So really focused internally on and externally on how can we adapt to the changing market? How can we develop new offerings for our clients? Um, and then how can we just work with emerging technology um, to, to develop what we can offer to everyone in the marketplace? Hey, Freeman, what are you, can you give everybody a little bit about what you're doing in partnership success? Sure. Yeah, I'm our director of partnerships. Um, what that means is I oversee all the work we do with other revenue cycle technology and service firms in the market. Um, you know, we see there's a lot of alignment with what we do as sort of a small, highly specialized firm and what some other players in the market are doing to bring value to our clients. So we see, you know, a lot of mutual benefit. Um, and it's a kind of an innovative and interesting way for us to grow. Um, as Wilshire. So that's what I've been focused on. I'm also a full-time consultant um, for a large health system out in the Northeast, uh, which has kind of put me in an interesting spot uh, in this role because I oversee a lot of their Epic optimization strategy and also their vendor optimization strategy. So I get to kind of wear that hat um, in a health system on a daily basis, as well as, you know, doing this, doing this internal role with Wilshire. Yeah, and for our listeners, so Wilshire is structured with uh, three managing partners, two are our co-founders, uh, 
and they have been on podcasts and will be on future podcasts as well. And then one of our other managing partners is our VP of operations. So that's kind of from our senior level. And then there's six of us directors in different roles. Um, we have uh, Tim um, Holland, who's been on the podcast multiple times, our director of um uh, oh God, uh, part, uh, people and culture. Uh, we've had Patty Consolver on the on the podcast as well, who's over our um, growth and development. So really bringing in new client aspects and, and um, partnering with client, clients and getting them going. But then transitions over to Jen Krubs, who is our client success director. And then I'm over our um, advising services. So um, just to give you guys kind of a rundown of our six. And then we have our amazing... Um, talent and acquisition manager and retention manager, uh, Marcy Carlton, who's been on our, she wrapped up season um, one of our podcasts um, with Tim. Um, if you want to go back and take a listen on that about what organizations are doing about small, um, being small and mighty, but with a lean workforce. So um, all of us are equally covering clients as well. Most of us have full time, including Daniel and myself and fit the podcast in on the site. So that's a little bit of how we're structured at Wilshire um, as people learn why we wear multiple hats. So um, I got the next big question. So um, really, you know, partnerships is one of those kind of vague things out there, Freeman, in this world. So can you kind of give us, what's the definition of what we determined partnership really to be initially for Wilshire? I mean, I know things will grow as as we continue to grow as an organization. Yeah, it's, it's taken a few different forms. I think initially it's sort of born out of our purpose statement for Wilshire, um, which is to solve our clients you know, most complex problems where ops and technology meet in the revenue cycle. Um, and the first part of that statement is to be a partner. And so first and foremost, we're a partner for our clients. And that's sort of where this need was born out of, you know, we're, a, as you said, Evan, a small but mighty firm, um, but we're not a software firm. We're not a, a technology firm. We don't, we don't do software development currently. Uh, we're currently a services firm. So we know we can solve a lot of things for our clients, but we know we can't solve everything for our clients. And especially in the roles that we often take with our clients, you know, we're in often director level and above roles. So we're helping set the strategy for, you know, how to get the most out of their revenue cycle, especially in an epic environment where we tend to focus our efforts on. Um, and that means, you know, bringing in other services and technologies that can help move the needle for them. Um, and so that's taken a few different forms for us. Uh, we've we've aligned ourselves with, I think, some pretty great partners in 2022. We'll talk more about those later. But the the ways in which we partnered to date um, take a few different forms. Uh, the first is we we do some small direct investing in some very small startups. Um, we've got some exciting work with a, a group that I think you're featuring on a podcast uh, the first week of January um, called Claim Capital and doing a deep dive with them. Uh, and they're doing a lot of exciting technology work and they've done a lot of development in-house that we just, you know, we don't do. So we've we've made a small investment in them um, and we're working to co-develop some solutions with them. And that's actually the, the second form um, of partnerships that we've seen so far. And that's, you know, co-hatching or co-developing solutions. So with larger development shops or larger automation vendors, um, we bring our subject matter expertise uh, and our client base to help them develop solutions and technologies that they might not have been able to do on their own and help bring them to market with our existing clients. 
Um, so we can often bring like a real life problem to them um, from something that we haven't been able to solve. Uh, and we can we can develop solutions that way. And then the third is, you know, maybe what most folks think of when they think of partnership. And it's uh, the most maybe boilerplate one. And that's, you know, referral relationships where, you know, we have a client base, a complementary firm has a client base, our services don't really overlap, we don't do the same thing, but um, we can add value to what each brings to their clients. And so we have some referral relationships in place with some larger players in the space. Um, but I think we, you know, even there, we've back to that kind of small but mighty um, phrase, we, we take that referral relationship a little bit further, I'd say than, you know, most firms do. I think we from our partner's perspective, you know, we bring that same level of like subject matter expertise and implementation support and um, an operational knowledge that we'd bring if we were co-developing a solution to, you know, their sales and implementation process with our existing clients. So that's a big upside for them. And then also, you know, us being not primarily a sales firm, <laughs> you know, we wear multiple hats. We don't really have a sales team internally at Wilshire. Um, it helps us expand our reach in the market too. So it's super beneficial for us. Um, and a lot of times it's, it's not just, you know, introducing, here's what we do. It's, Hey, we solved this problem for you. We know there are things upstream in Epic, um, that could be fixed to help mitigate these issues before they even get to us. Here's a firm that can help you do that. Um, and those intros go really well. Yeah, it's been fun to partner too with some of our partner aspects or even venture out what it, what are some of our others as we're taking on, you know, being um, uh, a subcontractor for another group and then them coming back and saying, hey, why can we move this business over to you? And or can you guys more supplement us on this business? That's, I've been able to work with a group of our uh, organizations that way too, and be able to say, Hey, take this, you should use these other products that we're playing with in their, in their system. So it's been fun. All yeah. Right. It's, been, it's been a super fun year. And I think one, one other note on that too, is, you know, some of the firms that we partner with offer similar things in the market. Um, but there are differentiators for each. And I think one thing that I, I like that we've been able to do so far is remain vendor neutral, even with these partnerships in place, because, you know, a lot of the work that we do is, you know, primarily as a trusted advisor for our our consulting clients. Um, and, you know, maintaining that is sort of the core of our business. So uh, they know that even though, you know, we have referral relationships with some of these vendors and we're co-developing some solutions, if it's if it's not the right thing for them at that time, we, you know, we tell them that. But, um, you know, we're trying to work with the folks that we think develop the most value and be really strategic about who we're partnering with. Cool. Thanks, Freeman. Um, Matt, same question for you. What does innovation mean to the Wilshire Group? Yeah, it's a good question. I've spent a lot of time thinking about it over the past few weeks and months. Uh, I think about it in a couple different ways. Both are, you know, first is internally, you know, as Freeman mentioned, we're primarily a service company. We've got a lot of consultants doing a lot of great work for our clients currently. And I really think about all that great work that they're doing and how can we take some of that, that work and turn it into not just this one-off project, where we solve this very specific problem for a very specific client, but turn it into a project that we can bring to multiple clients um, or, or solve multiple problems for multiple folks that we currently work with. There's also, you know, obviously healthcare is ever-changing. And so you have things like government regulations, industry trends, all those things are always happening. 
And so, you know, internally, how can we use the people that we already have and tap into those, get standardized solutions out there so that we're not just solving this problem once for one, you know, customer, but we're solving it for everyone um, and, you know, providing that framework to solve it for everyone. It also makes it easier for us internally, right? We don't want to start from scratch or reinvent the wheel each time we do that. So how can I take all the wonderful work that we're doing with our clients, package it up into a meaningful and repeatable format? So that's sort of one aspect of it. The next aspect really kind of goes hand in hand with all the work Freeman um, just mentioned. It's kind of uh, one of the nice reasons why we're on the podcast together today. You know, he's working with all these um, technology firms and vendors and really trying to tap into the marketplace for those. And I I sort of think about it as once Freeman creates that relationship, fosters that relationship, and we get clients excited about the relationship that we're created, creating, how do we then take that technology and again, you know, create something that's standardized and we can use across clients and really, really expand that partnership. You know, we don't want to just have one of our clients benefit from this. How do we take that, you know, that new technology, whatever it is, or even that new partnership, even if it's a referral relationship, you know, how do we work that um, into all of our existing and, and new relationships that we'll eventually have and make it a standardized process? So it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Um, you know, it's been exciting, uh, you know, thinking, taking a long, lot of time to think through that. And I think, you know, what I've come to, to learn too is just, it's one of those, it kind of takes a village types of things. I've quickly realized that, you know, I'm not going to divine innovation <laughs> out of my, my brain alone. And so it's, I'm really looking forward to in the new year, you know, uh, working with the rest of the Wilshire group, understanding all the cool things that they are putting together with their clients and, you know, see how we can package those up and make those. Um, you know, a cool offering that that we can offer to everybody. Very cool. Well, everybody, we got to take a quick break and we will be right back. There are thousands of medical offices and facilities across America, each navigating through changing regulations and reimbursement models while striving for positive patient experiences and outcomes. A common element in each of these facilities is patient access, the front line of both the revenue cycle and the patient experience. Though diverse in facility size and geography, patient access professionals unite around a common purpose, enhancing the overall patient experience to increase patient satisfaction and outcomes. Through it all, one organization is there to educate, connect, inform, and pave the way toward the future of patient access. The National Association of Healthcare Access Management recognizes the changing role of patient access professionals and their increased importance. And we're back. All right. So jumping into the debate section. Uh, In this section, this is where we discuss industry trends, out-of-the-box ideas, or topics that get you thinking. And today, obviously, partnerships and innovation. We'll be talking about that. All right. Well, Freeman and Matt, you have been sharing what types of things we have going. Um, can you, sorry, I'm all over the place today. So <laughs> too many numbers coming up. But um, so we uh, just shared kind of where we're headed as an organization, like high level, but and what we've been doing. But can you guys start to share kind of what are we doing in the actual space and, and who maybe we are partnering with outside of Claim Capital? Who, quick plug, they are on season one or season two, episode one, um, the fear of revenue cycle AI, if you want to take a listen to that episode. That's a great segue. I think the 
uh, the fear of revenue cycle AI is is sort of a hot topic right now. Um, you know, we saw some of these these vendors in the space grow really rapidly um, and sell a lot to clients in a short amount of time um, with pretty new and and pretty exciting solutions. I think everybody's really fired up about it, but I think folks saw that the the implementation of those solutions proved to be fairly difficult. So, um, you know, the sentiment around you know terms like AI and RPA has, I don't know if it's soured, but it's, it's definitely doesn't have the momentum that it did. So, you know, what, what we're seeing in the marketplace right now is folks looking for really targeted solutions that can be directly tied to solving a specific problem and not sort of the overarching, like, here's this magic box and platform that you can use that'll solve a lot of your revenue cycle problems. And I think, you know, that's where, you know, as the Wilshire group, you know, I think we positioned ourselves in a place to help make some of those more targeted approaches to the market um, because we know the details and the minutia of those problems that we're trying to solve. Um, and so because of that, I think 2022 ended up being a pretty exciting year for us on the partnership side. Um, you know, we talked about the direct investment side and claim capital a little bit. I don't want to undersell like how excited we are about them. I think they're, you know, they're, they're fairly new in the market. Um, they're just starting to get to ingest the large amounts of data that they need to prove out the machine learning that they've developed. But, you know, the early returns are really, really good and really exciting. And I think we're going to be able to solve some problems, especially like in the denial space that we haven't been able to, to solve for clients before. And I think, you know, selfishly internally as, as the Wilshire group, we've been sort of hungry for that ability to glean some insights from data that we can't really do with existing reporting and tools that we have. So um, that one is one that I'm super excited about. And that one branches over into the co-development space too. I think Matt might talk a little bit about, you know, PAN and things like that, that we're working on with them from an innovation perspective, but the sky's sort of the limit there with them, which is super exciting. Um, we've also partnered with another, you know, more established firm in that RPA automation space, Janus. Um, and they're a really great firm that we started to work with uh, at a couple of clients. And that's one of those examples where, you know, they sold, um, you know, a really good tool to a client and had some implementation hurdles. And we were able to partner with them to get over those hurdles and have a successful launch and prove out some of the ROI that they they wanted to see. Um, you know, they've got a lot of exciting tools and their their approach is a little bit different. You know, they have a little bit more of an out-of-the-box solution and they're more mature. So we're we position ourselves less with them as uh, let's build this together and more of how do we take what you've already built and make it effective. Um, and I was actually late to this recording because I was on a call with them. So that relationship is, is going, going really strong. So that's good. Uh, and then in the referral space, you know, we started to talk to some of these larger underpayment or collections vendors. Um, and we're trying to be pretty strategic about who we partner with in that space because I think for for a really long time in RevCycle, it was, you know, a little bit out of sight, out of mind. You know, we 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 outsource these accounts that we don't want to work. We get we pay some vendor some contingency for that um, that amount, but we're even starting to see some squeeze on that sort of vendor spend. So the ability to like bring those insights back and fix root cause stuff with our clients is becoming more important. Um, and I was actually kind of surprised in that space. I thought, you know, there may be some some challenges with working with a vendor that works on contingency like that, but it's actually 
proving out to be pretty mutually beneficial. It helps them in the sales process. And a lot of the collections that they're able to make, you know, are pretty much in that first initial push. Uh, and so us sort of working them out of that, uh, that particular space with that client is actually an upside for them. Um, so that's been really exciting too. Uh, we've only got one formal one in place with CloudMed right now, but we've got a couple other in the works uh, with a couple other firms that we're excited about. So I think the, you know, the overall trends are sort of skepticism about, you know, the, the magic pill of AI <laughs> and, and, and more around bringing like really effective targeted solutions to, you know, sort of broken processes that we've had in revenue cycle for a really long time. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth, Freeman. Uh, skepticism. I think as I'm thinking about, you know, all the things you're talking about, you know, sort of the, the you know, initial uh, excitement about a lot of these tools kind of wore off and people have heard AI to death at this point. And now we need to think about, and into 2023, and what I'm really excited about is now that we've got these partnerships like Claim Capital, we're looking at things like denial management. Then, you know, where do we take it to that next step of actually solving a specific problem rather than, like you said, being this like sort of magic box where, uh, you know, something goes in and something goes out and we aren't really sure how to package that. So, yeah, I kind of share a lot of the things that you mentioned there. I mean, I think in general, too, you know, really thinking about big picture items that folks are spending a lot of time on um, CDM management pricing strategy are two big areas that I want to focus on going into 2023. Just things that require a lot of manual input and analysis and, you know, being able to partner with some of these vendors have really opened up some opportunities with their ability to, you know, process and analyze huge amounts of data. And we're really excited to just like see what some of those outputs look like. It kind of goes back to, you know, like, I how can we collaborate, work with others? Like once we've got all this interesting information coming together, you know, then the fun starts of being able to work together and, and come up with a cool product that we can implement and save people a bunch of time on. We were just talking with Claim Capital about the return on investment for AI and how it's not really like people replacement, but more empowering people with data. I think as consultants as well for us, like working with clients, if I have a tool that can give me exactly what I want or enable me to do better work, uh, really cool opportunity for me to be more effective at my job. So I appreciate that. Just a little plug for you, both of you, as we're partnering with different different tools, different vendors or innovating different uh, pieces of uh, the pie that we use on a day-to-day. Put, makes me more effective consultant in my day job. Yeah, and I know you all have touched on this before, but you know one of the one of the hot topics and in big industry trends is workforce shortage too. Um, so, you know, ratcheting up the efficacy of the people that you have and plugging some of those holes with technology and innovation is is where you know we see the opportunity there. You know, these a lot of these positions have been open for a significant amount of time, and I think folks would fill them if they could. Uh, and so we have to solve the problem in, in different ways. Yeah, I mean, like Freeman's mentioned earlier, you know, we're all doing outside of these director roles. We all have our, you know, quote unquote, day jobs of being normal consultants working with clients. And it's very real, as obviously everyone knows, like there there aren't people to fill some of these roles. And as we're thinking about a solution that maybe a few years ago, we would say, yeah, just we're going to set up this workflow in Epic 
this will be fine. Someone's going to look at these accounts and fix them or, you know, do this specific process and it's fine. Well, that doesn't always work these days. And so how can we, um, you know, look for opportunities for automation or, you know, finding, um, you know, other vendors to take on that type of work. That's the type of thing we're looking at. I, I think it's cool too that, <coughs> sorry, uh, with all of our director roles, even if we just put that aside and we look at Wilshire as a general, like for where about innovation and about partnerships or even just like different tasks, like, you know, the podcast came out of an innovation idea that the managing partners all had was like, hey, let's bring get everybody to start thinking about innovation and bringing it forward. And then it, all of a sudden we have director jobs out of out of their innovation ideas and things of that nature. And in our partnerships with other organizations, as you know, we look at what products and solutions are we purchasing to use? You know, are we recommending those to others? Or are we even just giving them a spotlight into what are we using that might get them to partner with some of our other partners as well. Um, I, I think it's really cool how, you know, we set ourselves apart by making everybody still part of the team, even though we're in these director roles, everybody on the team has the opportunity to participate in our different, in our different spots, which is really innovating in, in many ways of saying like, hey, I might be on a full-time client, but I still get to do something cool like a podcast and leadership teams taking time out for that um, there. I know Tim's not on the panel, but Matt, can you talk a little bit about what we're doing in the innovation path with vendor management? Yeah, this actually came out of a you know presentation or I guess a contest we did at a previous retreat uh, where folks got to pitch ideas. And again, this is where the podcast came out from as well. Uh, Tim has been working on a project um, to really uh, revolutionize, I, I guess I would say, how we manage the different vendors that a healthcare organization might have. So, you know, it's pretty common that, you know, as a, as an organization, you're working with 20, 30 vendors, that might just be on the revenue cycle side, each managing their, their different slice of the pie, each with a different operational um, lead that's probably responsible for you know, reviewing the success, reviewing the contract, making sure that they're they're meeting their end of the the deal, and it's a lot of overhead and a lot of work. And so, you know, Tim has been really working hard on a platform for consolidating that information, so that you know, as a client, we can um, see all that information in one spot. Just KPIs for each one of our external vendors. How are they doing? Who do I need to talk to? Um, and so, we're really excited how you know that that's going to work we're starting small just working on some you know back-end collection vendors to start uh to really build out our framework but really excited about you know how that will progress over the year it's it's something that again folks are spending a lot of time uh reviewing and managing these things so can we come up with a centralized place and and make it just a little bit easier for them and, and that's you know, that trend is not going to change right people are you know, we were talking about our one of our focuses is looking for external partners to really automate and make things better. And and uh, you know, the organizations we partner with are no different. So, you know, how can we make that easier for them um, so that you know there's not overlap in you know work or um, you know dollars that are being spent, things like that. I have a quick question, and this this might go for both of you. Just thinking about external work and the different like organizations that we're partnering with. For the ideas that you're getting when you're thinking like, hey, I want to work on like CDM processes or uh, we're working with denial management systems or like a denial vendor for outsourcing, 
are you all asking clients like what are their needs or like what are they interested in or how how do these ideas come about? Yeah, I can start. It's kind of and it's you know another one of my focuses. I think for for 2023, yes, we certainly hear about it from our clients, and I think you know because the Wilshire Group's small enough that we can still all talk regularly. That's something great that we can share and say, oh yeah, this this client is bringing this problem and you know oh yeah we're talking about the same thing how can we come up with a standard thing that we can that we can tell them you know to help solve that problem but really as i'm thinking about it you know going into 2023 that's part of the the collaborative thing i want to work on is that you know there are lots of things out there that maybe one of our consultants will just solve because it's a thing we can do and you know i think we could we have an area to improve in terms of capturing all those different things we're working on um you know gretchen always calls it consultative sales um, really pulling those things into a sort of a centralized place and then, all right, let's get a list of the things that, you know, we can solve standardly and, and get it out there. So I think it's a little bit of both. You know, we certainly hear about it from our clients. We certainly talk about it internally. Um, and then, you know, uh, how do we you know, get that into a, a, a meaningful format and start executing on it? Yeah, getting to the, getting to the place where, you know, we we have some more prescriptive sense of capabilities you know within both our firm like we all know individually what we can do we know what we can do when we bring like the whole firm to a client um but we do know like there are there are limits to that still and that's where the partnership side of it comes in you know if if we're trying to solve for a problem we've exhausted our resources um with the expertise that we have and we have to go out and, and source something like that you know that that gives us a little bit of direction and a partnership perspective too and it gets back to that idea of you know solving a real problem um and a specific problem, not just, not just creating, uh, creating software for software's sake. I think it's helpful too that from uh, the perspective, we all are pretty integrated with our clients. We're not just doing a task and not and not part of their conversations with leadership. So we're seeing what products and solutions that they're looking at or vetting, so that we can then learn from those and say, oh, is that something we want to share or even be able just to provide that advice? So. Um, I'm going to do a shameless plug here, though. If you are an organization or a leader who has a product or a solution or wants to talk more about innovative ideas or what you are wanting to see, please, you know, submit that to our uh, our podcast um, email address. That's the Wilshire IT uh, Revcast at uh, the Wilshire Group.net. So, um, yeah, we will get. We want you guys innovative ideas. On that note, we're going to uh, step out really quick for a quick break, and we'll be right back. Fine Medical serves a growing base of more than 800 active hospitals and health systems nationwide. Their best practices are hardwired through technology solutions, proven to help hospitals achieve sustainable top performance. Their well-published results include improving financial performance, physician and staff alignment, patient experience, compliance, and patient safety and quality measures. Learn more at finemedical.com. That's V-Y-N-E medical.com. Claim Capital is a team of ex-EPIC staff focused on preventing denials. Instead of showing what was denied, which is the standard for other solutions available today, Claim Capital pinpoints why claims are denied. By training machine learning models on an organization's claim and remittance data, Claim Capital can identify the causes of denials and recommend changes in EHR build or workflows to prevent them from happening in the future. With a completely HIPAA-compliant infrastructure, no software implementations, and a zero-risk pricing structure, organizations can quickly and safely recover lost revenue. 
and we're back. All right, uh, kicking off another question here. So Freeman, just thinking about partnerships in general and for folks that maybe are listening and want to work with us, uh, what does that look like and what what would you have to share with them? Yeah, I think Evan started the the plug before the break um, and I appreciate that. <laughs> Basically at this point, you know, we're, we're sort of new in this space. You know, 2022 is our first formal year of creating, you know, quote unquote partnerships, you know, legal partnerships with, with other firms. Um, and so we're just getting started. We're looking for a few other um, potential direct investment opportunities. So, you know, if you're a small startup out there um, that is looking to solve a problem in the revenue cycle space, or even if you're not a company yet, you're an individual who has an idea for something that they know is broken and they want to see how it can be fixed. You know, either, either we know we can fix it in Epic or some other tool or one of our partners may be able to fix it. You know, I think we can, we as as Wilshire can kind of help sort out the best path forward for a potential solution, um, you know, for some of those newer players in the space. And um, then if you're a, a larger organization with, you know, really robust solutions and a developed client base, and you keep stubbing your toe on a particular problem related to rev cycle operations, change management, or Epic, um, you know, we'd love to talk to you too. We may have a way to to solve that for you and your clients. Um, and then as a healthcare organization, you know, if you hear any of the any of the folks that we're partnering with today, um, you know, Claim Capital, Janus, if any of those solutions are something that you may be interested in, uh, you know, we'd love to help connect you and make sure it's the right thing for, for your organization and can help solve the problems you have. And we're always willing to take listeners questions just in general and listen to the podcast too because we I think you know part of that is is we are tapping into Matt and Freeman and other experts in the industry on just answering regular questions how do you do something how are you managing something um in that regards and I think one of the shameless plugs for Wilshire is when you get one of us you get all of us that's kind of our motto as well I mean that should be our in addition to our company tagline um and it's nice because you will get everybody to participate in that. So, um, all right. Any last strategies or things that people should think about as they're thinking about bringing in new innovation, or even you know wanting to look at how did they partner with us or with other organizations? Yeah, I just say you know, like Freeman mentioned, you know, we're we're up for the challenge. We'd love to hear about the things that you're. Uh, working on today or want to improve and we'd love to brainstorm and I would especially love to brainstorm ideas on how we can solve that problem for you. So, you know, innovation, it's tough. Like I mentioned earlier, it doesn't just happen. I think it takes a lot of collaboration and thought and that's what I'm really looking forward to going forward. Sounds like both of you want more work is what I'm hearing. You want more people to be reaching out, more emails. Uh <laughs> It's a learning opportunity. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, yeah it's a good problem to have. But I, I do think there's something to that, though. Um, you know, I've I've learned a lot in this role that I wouldn't have in just my day to day consulting life. You know, I've I feel like in some of the areas that I work in, I push sort of the boundaries of what's knowable when it comes to what you can do with what in Epic and how to optimize a revenue cycle. So, getting to be on, um, getting to be in this position where I'm working with other vendors that are you know, taking a different tack or have a different background or have a different solution or way of thinking about a problem. Like that's, that's really exciting for me. And I think, I think Matt probably shares that in innovation, like 
new ways of thinking and creative ways of solving these sort of entrenched problems that we've had in RevCycle for decades is, is really motivating and exciting. I, I think that's just kind of the all of our goals and the director's roles is to say how can we how can we move more towards our actual director role more full fifty percent or more of the time and still support our clients because we all love working with clients and doing that but being able to have more of a balance so that we're able to target more of our time our our actual day time versus our other after hour time towards towards our positions and and that's what's nice is we all can balance but at the same time. We'd love to be able to have more inquiries and do more things with, with our position. So, all right. Well, Daniel, I would normally say let's transition over to um, the Wilshire Lab, but because this is season two, only episode three, um, and we haven't, we just posted uh, episode one at, today, actually, uh, of season one, it's coming out. So you guys will know, know when we recorded this episode. Uh, it, it, we're, we're a little lacking in the questions. So um, I'm thinking instead of transitioning there, we're probably nearing a wrap-up set. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And thanks, thanks both of you for joining. Uh, it's great to get more faces from our company on the podcast here. Uh, I think we've hit almost everyone. So we're, we're doing, we're doing a good job of getting some new faces and expertise here on the podcast. Uh, but Freeman, Matt, for those of us joining uh, listeners today, how can they reach out to you? What would be the best way if they want to continue the conversation? Freeman, you want to start? Yeah, I think uh, our website has a contact us uh, option. You can reach out through the podcast um, contact info that Evan just gave, or you can email me at f.jenkins at the Group.net. Any of those would work. And Matt, what about you? Yeah. Yep, similar for me. Uh, feel free to shoot us a note on the website, but I'd love to get your email directly. It's m.parron at thewilshiregroup.net. Thank you. All right. Well, everybody, that's it for us today. Um, see you next time or hear you next time. Bye-bye. If you liked today's episode, continue to join Wilshire Wednesdays. You can follow us on LinkedIn or Twitter at Evan underscore Wilshire. Daniel can be followed at Daniel underscore TWG. Wilshire Group at TWG Health. On Facebook at the Wilshire Group. Or on Instagram at Wilshire IT Revcast. Remember, if you prefer to watch, come check us out at the Wilshire IT Revcast YouTube channel. If you have an inquiry, want to share your thoughts, or get additional information on today's episode, email us at Wilshire Podcast at the Wilshire Group. The best way to support this podcast is to review, rate, and subscribe. See you next time. Bye-bye. The Wilshire IT Revcast is hosted, produced, and engineered by Evan Martin and Daniel Bianchini. It is executive produced by Gretchen Case, Hank Smither, and Spencer Thielman. The Wilshire Group. Experience you can trust. Results you can count on.